Welcome. It's good to have you that's viewing from home. And folks, thank you for being here. And, and uh, thanks to the worship team. And we just ask that God would just continue to pour out his spirit upon our services. Amen. I need to pray for folks that are home right now. We have several that are home uh, that are sick. And uh, they're watching this morning. They're just tuned in on us. And let's pray for them. Father God, we stand in a spirit of agreement, Lord, for those who are struggling physically today. God, that you bring divine healing to them. Lord, I thank you for other family members who are rallying around them and being their caregivers. And God, I pray a special strength for the caregivers today as well. And Lord, deliver us from sickness for your glory. And may your power be manifested in our lives. And God, may you touch each heart that hears this message today, Lord, that we will draw closer to you, that we'll be better because we've been in your house today, Lord, worshiping you. Thank you, God, that you care for us today and that you are working out a perfect plan and a perfect will. You have a purpose for our life. And Lord, help us to seek your face, to walk in your ways. In Jesus' name. Everyone said? Amen. Amen. Praise God. It's good to have you. It's great to be in the house of the Lord. I, I have really uh, enjoyed being in the house of the Lord. Last week with the snow and the ice, and I guess it wasn't much snow, it was more sleet, an inch and a half of sleet. Uh, I'm just so thankful that's mostly gone. And we can be in the house today. So the big question, the final exam for Mrs. Smith's Sunday school class, the final question on the exam, which came first, the chicken or the egg? The chicken, of course. God couldn't lay an egg. <laughs> There's nothing impossible with God. That child did not know that, did they? There's nothing impossible with God. God gives hope. God gives hope. Or God given hope. It is a tremendous thing of having hope. Knowing God, loving people, hope revealed. Our mission statement, that, our vision statement that declares who we are as a group of people. In today's message coming out of Colossians chapter 1, it talks about the hope. And what's going on in history right now is, is that there is a tremendous amount of false teachers in Closey, in Class A, fancy name, uh, in that little town. They're, there's, they're undercutting the, the major doctrines of Christianity. They're discrediting the deity of Christ, the absolute lordship of Christ, and the supremacy of Christ. They're just totally pushing things away, and they're bringing falsehoods in, mixing it with the truth, and uh, they're, they're false teachers. And uh, Paul is addressing this as Paul is very well at doing that, and uh, he's going to share with us. In Colossians chapter 1, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God and Timothy, our brother, to the holy faithful brothers in Christ at Colossae. Grace and peace to you from God our Father. Nice introduction, but he's telling you something here that I'm speaking to those people who have come to know Christ as their Lord and Savior. I'm speaking to those people who have made a declaration of faith 
And they are going to do everything in their power to walk in the newness of life. Paul is saying, I'm an apostle. He declares his authority to speak to people because he is chosen by God to be the messenger that God has with him. And he's got Timothy alongside of him. And the declaration is that Paul is writing this epistle to the church at Colossae because they are genuine born-again believers. He's recognizing the fact that they have come into the faith. Epaphras has been the one proclaiming the truth to them. And as an apostle, Paul's declaring, you have received the truth. I want you now to receive the full truth and nothing but the truth and quit listening to those who do not tell you the truth. I'm going to tell you the truth. I am an apostle of God and God has appointed me to preach to you Will you listen to what I have to say? And you'll say, Pastor, that's not what all that said, but that's what all that said. <laughs> He's saying, you guys, you know, grace and peace to you from God our Father. He's saying, I want you to have grace. I want you to have peace because God gives peace. Everyone said? Amen. Amen. God gives peace. This world right now needs a big helping of God. Amen? Amen. Needs a big helping of God. We always thank God the Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you because we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love you have for all the saints. Paul said, we've heard about it. You guys have come to a loving relationship in the Lord Jesus Christ and we have heard about it. And we are praying for you that you will stay strong in the presence of God, that you will your resolve will stay, that you will not be distracted because we've heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love. You see, you can tell me that you know Jesus. You can tell me you're a Christian. But if love is absent, guess what? So is your relationship with God. And the world right now needs a big helping of love and compassion and patience and kindness. The love you have for all the saints. It's one thing to say that you have love, and it's another thing to act it out in actions. The faith and love that spring from the hope that is stored up in you in heaven and that you have already heard about in the word of truth, the gospel. Paul is saying, I'm an apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm bringing you the gospel that is truthful. The truth of God's word prevails, and I'm going to share it with you. The faith and the love, they spring from a hope that is stored up for you in heaven. There is a hope of heaven, and God says, I'm going to pour faith into you. I'm going to pour love into you. And without God pouring love into our hearts, it's hard for us to love other people. It's just that simple. The faith and love that spring from the hope stored up for you in heaven and about which you have already heard in the true message of the gospel. He said, you guys have heard this and you have responded to it in a very positive way. And there is a faith and a love that springs from the hope that you have in heaven. And God pours faith into our hearts as we turn from our sins 
And as we seek his faith, he pours faith into us. And he pours love into us. That has come to you all over the world. The gospel is bearing fruit. All over the world. Think of this. All the different missionaries for 2,000 years that have preached this gospel. And the day it began to be preached it's saying here, all over the world, the gospel is bearing fruit and growing. Think of the fruit. Last night, I picked up one of my magazines, and it had in it, to me, uh, I don't know what the title of the article was. I was just looking at it real quickly and briefly last night. But it was a hall of fame of saints. It was folks who have passed in the last 50 years. Oral Roberts and... and uh, some huge names, Billy Graham and, and uh, Reinhardt Bunke. And a lot of you say, who? <laughs> Millions of people have come to know Christ through, Ron, through that missionary effort. He put up huge tents overseas, and God just miraculously used him mightily to, to bring salvation to many, many people. All around the world, all over the world, the gospel is bearing fruit and growing just as it has been doing among you since the day you heard it and understood God's grace in all its truth. Paul just keeps on saying, you know, there's a bunch of false teachers around, but I've got truth. The word of God is truth. Do you hear me? There is truth in the word of God. Keep pressing on. And guess what? As it goes out, it's fruitful. There's great things that happen and it's growing. The word of God is growing in the hearts of mankind. You learned it from Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who is a faithful minister of Christ on our behalf, and who also told us of your love in the Spirit. Love comes out when Jesus comes in. Love comes out of our lives when Jesus comes in. And we love God with all of our heart. Epaphras was a dear fellow servant. He was a faithful minister of the gospel. He was telling the truth. When the rest of the world was saying, this is what's going on, and this is not, this is how it is, and we don't know about Paul, we don't know about Epaphras, but they stayed the course. They told the truth, they spoke the truth, and the word of God went forth, and it was fruitful all around the world. It's such a powerful thing for us to know. I just faded out there. Praise God. It's such a powerful thing for us to know the power and the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 9 says, For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. And asking God to fill you with the knowledge of his will. To fill you with the knowledge of his will through all spiritual wisdom and understanding. The knowledge of his will. That God would fill you with the knowledge of his will. Batteries? Huh. Praise the Lord. God is good all the time. Today's been a cloudy day, and we have had technical problems throughout this entire service. 
But, you know, God's greater, greater and bigger. So I think we're going to trash this and go with something different. Thank you, Lord. For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you and asking God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all spiritual wisdom and understanding. The knowledge of his will. It's so important that we recognize that, that God has a knowledge for us of his will. That word knowledge means that uh, from under Satan's authority, we are no longer under Satan's authority, but we have knowledge in Christ, uh, a movement. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. God is good. A knowledge. The knowledge ensuring every possible process of understanding. Praise the Lord. There we go. Praise God. Under Satan's authority is where we were at until Christ came into our lives. When Christ came into our lives, we move into a knowledge of God's will. And we come into a completeness. That knowledge is an adequate understanding of who God is. That knowledge is the authority and the ability to live victoriously over and above the invisible powers of darkness. Satan is the ruler of this world. You wonder, why is it so difficult? Why are people shooting each other in the street? Why is there so much killing going on? We're living in a world that the prince of the air is Satan. He is there to to destroy, to tear down, and when people don't allow God to transform their minds, they don't allow the knowledge of God to come into their spirit, they reject God. The only thing left is the carnal flesh and wickedness, the demonic forces that come. We, on the other hand, are to live and to love as citizens of a heavenly kingdom. To have the knowledge and the understanding of God. To utilize the kingdom's currency. To realize that we are born again, blood-bought saints. We operate as ambassadors. Ambassadors authorized to offer kingdom, to offer kingdom peace and reconciliation to an unrenewed world. We have the authority given to us through the blood of Jesus Christ to reconcile sinners. To help people come out of darkness. To break the addictions that's on them through the power and the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. We have that empowerment to go forth and to minister to the needs of mankind. We are to be involved in the knowledge of the Lord. And to realize just how powerful God is and what he can do in our lives. Fill you with the knowledge of his will through all spiritual wisdom and understanding. We send kids to school and they get knowledge. And there are certain professions where we send kids to college and they get their master's degree, they get their doctorate degree. But there's a thing called a fellowship. 
that once you get your degree, you walk into a fellowship with another seasoned doctor and you walk with him. And he gives you the surgeon tools when he thinks you're ready for them. And it's one thing to have the knowledge of what's going on, and it's a whole different other thing to have the wisdom on how to use that knowledge. You can study all you want how to fix a diesel engine, but until you actually pull some wrenches and get filthy dirty, you don't have a clue what it's all about. And that's where America's at right now. We have a generation of kids who have been brought up on a TV screen, a laptop screen, and they have never picked up a tool. They don't even know how to check the air in the tires of their car. I mean, this is something that most of us did when we were seven, eight years old, riding our bicycle. We would check the tire pressure. We've got kids now get their license and driving down the road. They pull in the church parking lot and the tire's half flat. We say, when was the last time you checked pressure? What pressure? How do you do that? I've never done that before. We're living in a, in, a, in a time where we desperately need to plug into our youth. We've, we've been meeting in men's breakfast and we're saying, how can we plug into our youth? How can we take our kids and help them with just the general things of life? It's called adulting. And it's helping kids become adults. And we all are guilty of letting the screen be the babysitter rather than us interacting with our own children. It's okay to say, ouch. Anything more than two hours on a screen for any child in any given day is too much. Two hours is the max. And you still learn the best of print on a page, not a screen. Well, I'm winning a lot of points today, aren't I? But you know, you've got to tell the truth. When you hear the truth, you know the truth, you've got to share the truth. It's so very important. I know some of you are going to go in tomorrow and turn in your resignation quick because you spend more than two hours in front of the screen. Fill you with the knowledge and spiritual wisdom and understanding to understand God and to understand his workings. And we pray this in order that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and may please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, bearing fruit in every, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, growing in the knowledge of God, getting to know God, knowing God, growing in that knowledge being strengthened with all power, being strengthened with all power, being strengthened with all power, according to his glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience, joyfully giving thanks to the Father, who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of of the son he loves we've been rescued out of darkness darkness is where we were at before Jesus came and brought the light it's so important that we recognize the power of God and how much he takes care of us 
and how he wants to be with us in every way. Being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might so that you might have great endurance. We're living in a time when we need great endurance. We must declare God's truth. We must declare the perfect plan of God for every person on the face of the earth. To break us out of darkness. That we might live in love as citizens of a heavenly kingdom. That we might be those ambassadors. That we might be delivered from darkness. That we might convey the gospel message. That we might let others know Jesus. You see, the eyes of the Lord are on those who fear him. The psalmist wrote, the eyes of the Lord are on those who fear him, on those whose hope is in his unfailing love. For those who have a hope in the unfailing love of our God, to deliver them from death and keep them alive in famine. That's our God. The eyes of the Lord are on those who fear him and those who hope in his unfailing love. Our hope is in the Lord. Our hope is his, 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 his empowerment in our lives. We are blessed beyond measure. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness, brought us out of darkness. We no longer are in darkness. Yesterday was a very dark day in the sense that it was just extremely cloudy and foggy and, and overcast and misting rain all day. I felt like I was in London. I wanted to know if, when the tea time was because, uh, in, in, you know, you know there's a certain way to make tea and the only people know how to make tea is those from England. You have to you have to stop and quit your daily tasks. You have to put the tea kettle on, put water in it, put it on the stove. You have to bring it to a full boil. You have to put the tea in the cup and then put the hot water after it's come to a complete boil. And then you've got to let it cool. So tea time in England is about half an hour. And uh, God wants us to slow down sometimes and begin to recognize that, that he's greater and that his kingdom deserves praise, glory, and honor. For you see, we are involved in, in the redemption and the forgiveness of sins. And that's what God has in mind for us. Verse 15, he, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones of power or rulers of authority. All things were created by him and for him. He is therefore all things. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body of the church. He is the beginning of the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on the earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Paul just point blank, just nails it, nails it, nails it, nails it, nails it, nails it. Nails it trying to get people to understand the truth of God's word, trying to get people to understand how powerful God is and how this message is to be declared and how that Jesus is all in all, that there's nothing else involved. Jesus is called the firstborn here. And that firstborn has to do with the Jewish concept. 
the Jewish concept in the sense that that when the, the, the firstborn Jew, uh, that child got double portion of the will. And there's specialty there. So again, it's the supremacy of Christ. Paul is trying to get people to realize this Jesus is the Jesus. This relationship of, of knowing Jesus is powerful and it will transform you if you let it. It's such an important task. He is before all things and in him all things. I mean, he's total supremacy. How Christ is number one. There is nobody, there is nothing greater than the presence and the power of God Almighty. And it's just such a tremendous message that is being spoken here. For God was so pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him. The fullness of God. The fullness of God. It is such an amazing thing. Paul dictates uh, how that the mediator, the God of all gods, Jesus is the one who does all things in authority above all negative powers on the face of the earth. Jesus rules and reigns. He is the creator. He is the one. And how did that all happen? Because of the peace made through his blood shed on the cross. The blood of Jesus Christ on the cross gives us the declaration, for God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him. Jesus stood before us. He hung on the cross with all the fullness of God in him. He is without sin. And I don't know about you, but the torture that he went through on that cross boggles my mind. And the power and the presence of God Almighty and how that God's fullness dwelt in him in everything is connected to the Lord Jesus Christ. He was there at creation. All things were created by him. Verse 21. Once you were alienated, once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior. But, but, now he has reconciled you by God's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation the power of forgiveness the power of God's forgiveness the unbelievable power he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in sight without blemish without, without spot or wrinkle washed in the blood when Jesus takes care of you there's no zits left. <laughs> no pimples. You're perfect. Not a blemish. Not a spot. Everything is taken care of because of the precious blood of Jesus that was shed on the cross. But now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body. The past darkness is forgotten and forgiven it's no longer needful for us to look back at the sins we committed. Walk away from it and let God forgive you and let God give you the ability to forget. Time will help, but the old carnal flesh wants to play the picture once again of the sin before you, trying to discourage you. The devil wants you to be discouraged. But God is greater than your flesh. God is greater than demonic forces that try to come against you. 
if you continue in your faith, established and firm, not moved from the hope held out in the gospel. This is the gospel that you heard and that have been proclaimed to every creature under heaven, and of which I, Paul, have become a servant. Paul is saying, continue. But, you know, you've got to, you've got to continue. You've got to work with the, what's been established in your heart. You've got to keep on. This gospel that you've heard and that has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven, and of which I am Paul. And Paul's saying, I am a servant of God. I am the one who brings this message to you. I have been used by God, and I am telling you again that God is the author and finisher of your faith. Now I rejoice in what was suffered for you, and I will fill up in my flesh what is still lacking in regard to Christ's afflictions. For the sake of his body, which is the church, I have become his, its servant by a commission God gave me to present to you the word of God in its fullness. The fullness of God's word. How that the fullness of God's word is such a powerful, powerful thing. It leaves nothing out in our life when we recognize the fullness of God's word. The mystery, verse 26, the mystery that has been kept hidden for ages and generations, but is now disclosed to the saints. To them, God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. The hope of glory, Christ in you. As you allow Christ to live within you, there is that hope of glory. God puts a hope within our hearts. There's a hope within heaven that we're going to be there someday. And there's that proclamation of hope. And God gives hope. We proclaim him admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone perfect in Christ. To this end, I labor, struggling with all his energy, which so powerfully works in me. Paul's saying, I have an energy of the Holy Ghost. The power of God's grace works within me. And I want everyone to be sustained. I want the fullness of God to dwell in them. I want the power of God to be manifested. I want the fullness of God, hope within you. The hope that God builds. The hope that God strengthens. Because Christ is within us. We need not fear what's ahead. Because of what Christ is in us, we don't have to fear. We have a hope in God. The mystery of the gospel. The Gentiles being open to the message of God. And God's message coming to them. And Paul is excited about what God is doing in the Gentiles. And how that we, you and I, have enjoyed all of that the working of god's great power god's great power being manifested through paul's life and how he preached the gospel people's lives were changed in christ in christ designates the new life that we live with benefits our hope within you is christ in us and we live a new life because christ empowers us to live for him what an awesome experience to be in the presence of God Almighty, knowing that he cares for you. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for this day. Lord, we are blessed beyond measure. And we say thank you, Lord, for all your help and your strength. There's nothing too difficult for you. And Lord, as we recognize the hope of the gospel, the hope, God, that you've put within us, 
And we want to take that hope and share it with others that are in darkness. For God, you chose us out of darkness. And we must respond with a servant's heart saying, God, because you have called us out of darkness, we will take the gospel message to others. For God, the author of this book, Paul, was in darkness, persecuting the church, coming against the church, had nothing good to say about the church. But God, you touched his heart, and he totally turned and became a servant of yours and came into the light of the gospel, and hope prevailed in his life. And so, God, there's nobody on the face of the earth that's too far gone. God, you can save them. So, God, help us to continue to pray for our loved ones and those we work with, God, that they would come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, that truth would prevail and that the truth would prevail in our lives, that others will see Jesus in us, and they will come to the saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord, for the power of hope, God-given hope. Lord, it's not something we manufacture, but it's something you give to us. And Lord Jesus, you paid for that hope on Calvary's cross. Salvation is free, but everything after that is hard work. And so God, help us to be workers of the gospel. Help us to be servants of yours and allow the hope of the Lord Jesus Christ to dwell within our hearts that in turn we will pass hope on to others for the glory of God in Jesus' precious name. Amen and amen. Everyone said? Amen. amen. Praise God. Stand with me. Thank you folks for joining us today and trust that God is blessing you and pouring out his spirit upon you and giving you a hope that only God can give. God bless you.